Good morning, everyone. We are about to start downtime. This is our last service before we kick into downtime. And I don't know about you, but there's a few people that are nervous about going into downtime. It's not something that we've actually done before. How good is it to do things you haven't done before? <laughs> I think we'll tell a lot about your personality by how you respond to that question. Um, I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous too. Part of the reason I'm nervous is because what we do here on a Sunday morning matters. This is really important. I love the way that we worship together and grow together and build up our kids together. I love this rhythm that we have of gathering in the presence of God to be reminded of who we are in him, to learn and to worship. Church matters. In the book of Hebrews, it says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up the habit of meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews tells us, don't stop meeting together. In fact, meet together more as the day of Jesus comes. Encourage one another. Spur one another on. I love the culture that's emerged over the last six months as we've met back together after lockdown. I love the joy that's been present here. I love the anticipation. I love the, the hope and just uh, the thankfulness that's in this community about being able to come together as God's people. We don't want to lose that momentum as we head into downtime, so I'm nervous. I was talking to someone during the week, and I was telling them about what we're doing as a church. They're from another church, another denomination, actually. And uh, they were very taken aback by <laughs> the fact that for four weeks we are having downtime. The question was, why would you stop church? So... That's the question that I want to look at this morning. When gathering together and worshipping God is a fundamental expression of our faith, when Hebrews tells us, don't give up meeting together, why are we stopping? Let me put it another way. If we're not doing church, gathered together on a Sunday morning, what are we doing over the next four weeks? Um. I want to start with an apology this morning, actually. Uh, this is very unusual for me. <laughs> I tend to be right all the time, so I don't get very many opportunities to apologize. Um, but I do want to apologize that we named downtime wrong. We called it the wrong thing. Downtime's not a particularly helpful name. There's actually a biblical word that describes what we're doing over the next four weeks. Does anyone know what it is? Sabbath. Awesome. Sabbath. Um, I want to ask you, what do you know about Sabbath? Maybe um, have a chat to someone around you, near you. What do you know about Sabbath? What does the Bible teach us about Sabbath? You can have a chat now.
have a chat to Grant. One minute left. All right. That was a short minute, but you all stopped really quickly, so I'm going to keep going. Uh, a guy by the name of Tony Miller said, Sabbath is not about doing nothing, but about doing the right things with great intentions. So it's not about doing nothing. Um, it's about stopping from our work and allowing God to work on us. Stopping from our work and allowing God to work on us. It's not necessarily passive. That's good news for people like Stefan. Stefan can't sit still for 10 minutes. He's got to be poking a fire. Or... <laughs> oh, no, you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, and now you're about to head out and look after the kids. Um, our society tends to be um, have this mindset about rest, that you work hard and then you rest hard. <laughs> you play hard. Sabbath isn't like that. Sabbath isn't about just stopping everything. It's about coming into a different space where we stop from our work and come into the presence of God. So um, what's it like? What are some of the things that you spoke about um, about Sabbath, what the Bible teaches about Sabbath, what were some of the themes that came up? Does anyone want to shout something out? Spending time with God. Awesome. Yep, that's at the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's this real rhythm to Sabbath. Um, Keep, keep in mind the things that you discussed because we're going to come back to that. But I, I just want to pick up that point and talk about it for a minute. That Sabbath is actually built into the fabric of creation. Sabbath was something that was there right from the very beginning. Um, in the Jewish calendar, um, the week starts. What day does the week start on? What? It starts on Saturday. Um, in the Christian calendar, we've moved it to a Sunday because Jesus rose on the Sunday, and so that is our new day that we say the new creation began. And so we start our week on a Sunday, but in the Jewish calendar, starts on a Saturday, the day of rest. So in creation, when God created the universe, human beings, man and woman, when he gave them this vocation, you are created in my image, I am uh, creating you to be stewards over my whole of creation. I'm giving you this vocation. You'll be my image bearers. And the very first day they spent with God, they rested. They had Sabbath with God so that then they could go and work for the next six days. So there's a really important principle in that. And the principle is this. We work out of our rest. We don't rest from our work. I think our entire society is about 
how do we find rest from our work, rather than realising this Christian Jewish principle that who we are is found in rest in the presence of God, and then out of that we have the privilege of working. Um, I have many strong opinions about our attitudes towards work and retirement and holidays that I think are wrong. Uh, We are meant to find our rest in God and then out of that work. Um, So rest is a really important starting place for us. We're human beings, not human doings. Uh, Once we know who we are, once we've rested in the presence of God, then we can go out and work. Um, this is the pattern that God has put into creation. It's actually what he himself did. He, he set us this rhythm of resting. Um, talking about the Jewish calendar, I love the Jewish cal- calendar. Anyone who wants to talk to me about the Jewish calendar, I'm happy to talk to you about it because I think it's awesome. But um, when Jesus returns, I think that's the calendar that we're going to use But in the Jewish accounting of days, do you know when the day ends and the new day starts? Yeah, the day ends at sunset and the new day begins. So it's like in the rhythm of their days, the day starts with rest and then you work out of that. Um, At the end of the day in Genesis, you kind of see this lived out. What would God do at the start of the new day, Adam and Eve, what, what was their life together? What did it look like before the fall? Yeah. In the call of the evening, God would come and meet with Adam and Eve and they would enjoy being in his presence. Uh, they would remember who they were and reconnect with him. Um, It was this daily ritual that they, as image bearers, would spend time with their father. They'd stop their work of the day. They'd reflect back on what they'd done, maybe, but they'd also just recenter and go, okay, this is who we are. This is um, the image that is being reflected in us, and they'd reset for the next day. Um, That rhythm was built into creation. It wasn't something where it's like if... If you have time and you've got not much to do, come and spend time with me. It was very much that this is the most important thing that we do and everything else will work around that. Um, Maybe you're feeling a bit convicted by by that statement. That rest was like the big thing in the Bible. It was like, get that right and then everything else will fall into place. We're created to live in this daily rhythm. So... Maybe the question I should be asking you is, how is your rhythm of rest a meeting with God? Do you have a daily rhythm of stopping from your work and walking and entering into the presence of God? Do you have a weekly rhythm of stopping from your work and enjoying the presence of God and then working out of that? It's a real challenge for us because we've got this really strong Protestant work ethic that almost assigns busyness to holiness. The busier you are, the more productive you are, the holier you are. It's not how we were created to be. All right. 
when you were discussing, what else did you talk about with Sabbath and what it says in the Bible? Absolutely. So part of the practice of Sabbath is entering into that bigger story, just putting ourselves to one side for a minute and opening up to this bigger world, and it's really helpful for us. Yeah, that's great. What else? Did I mention that I like awkward silences? (laughs) Yep, so it talks about creation. Yep, rest, the importance of rest. Okay, where else does Sabbath come up in the Bible? What are the big points? Creation? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so in the law of God, Sabbath is at the center of that. It's one of the Ten Commandments, one of the top Ten Commandments. It's you will have this day of rest. To be my people, this is what it looks like. You have a day of rest. Um, like you mentioned, uh, Dan, it, it was part of their farming practices. Every seven years, they'd leave the fields unsown so that the fields could rest. Every 70 years, they'd have a year of jubilee and they'd reset and have a year of rest. Part of the reason that the people of Israel were exiled is because they quickly stopped doing those years of rest. And God said, I am going to give the land the rest that you have taken from it. It was supposed to live in this rhythm. You have taken it from it and I'm going to make sure that it gets it because this is foundational. Um, Right up there with don't kill don't steal and don't commit adultery is you shall keep the Sabbath day. In fact, it comes before those commandments. In other words, being a workaholic sits alongside being a murderer or an adulterer. Uh, I'm pushing that, but I'm also not. This is really fundamental to what it means to live life well and to be a person created in God's image. Um, Rest is not an option if we're to walk in step with the way that God has commanded us. It is what we're commanded to. So I'm going to get to Jesus in a minute, but I just want to talk about the law for a minute. Work is an idol for us. It goes without saying, in the Western world, I, I, love, um, I loved having Don here last week. Uh, I wasn't able to be here, but I, I just love that. Um, we talk a lot about um, being mindful of other cultures and learning from other cultures. I think that my experience of other cultures would tell me that one of the things that they would say to us as Western Christians, that is a gift to us, is, man, we're uptight. We let the little thing on our wrist control our life way too much 
we have to be at a certain place at a certain time and we get stressed out if we're not there. We try and jam everything in and we often miss the things that are really important. Um, work is an idol to us. We, we might find it funny that in different cultures they might worship ancestral spirits or have little wooden statues and things like that. But we have an idol just as much as they do and we're completely blind to it. The Bible tells us, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Um, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But so often we don't live like um, God is carrying our cares. We often put huge loads upon our backs about what we have to do and how quickly and how much. We don't live out this truth of God. So something is wrong. And to make it right, we need to come back into this pattern of Sabbath. Resting in God, abiding in his presence, is the only way that we can have the life that Jesus came to bring us. Not the only way. is a part of the life that Jesus came to bring us. So, um, again, I'll chuck out that question for you. How many of you Think about rest and schedule it into your calendar as one of the first things. <laughs> Great. Win. <laughs> Not the high pressure. Uh, no, you are... Uh, don't have the responsibility of kids and a full-time vocation in, uh, that has all these expectations. That's true. That's often difficult to get uh, in the rhythm and helpfully under control. Like, one of the things that I, I just want to encourage you to Jesus was very critical of the Pharisees because they loaded heavy burdens onto people's backs and didn't raise a finger to help them. I don't want to do that to you this morning. I'm not saying do Sabbath alongside everything else that you're doing and cram, what's the percentage? Anyone good at maths? Uh, rest 15% more in your life, but also do everything else that you're doing in the 100%. So I'm not trying to make you, I don't know, do 115% more in what you, what, what's that? Yeah. What I'm trying to tell you is that there is always more that you can do. There is no golden time in your life, except for perhaps Michael, where Sabbath will be something that is easy and you can fit in fairly naturally. Like, I can tell you, um, since I was a baby, I've only gained more and more responsibilities and had more and more demands on my time. Um, rest is always a choice. It's something that we have to choose to do. We have to intentionally stop and make time for God because unless we do that, we will remain stuck in this unhealthy pattern where we will let everything around us that's demanding our time and attention control the way we live our lives. 
and we will be slaves to idols rather than being the free people of God that enjoy his presence and rest in his presence. One of the things I uh, want to encourage you in with that is that for the new to come, the old has to go. God is wanting to do a new thing in you. He brings new life. And part of that means letting go of the old patterns and the old ways and the old attitudes that we have had. So maybe a question that is helpful to ask yourself is, what are the old things that I need to stop or let go of or pause so I can enter into the new thing, the new time of rest that God is calling to me? Um, As we draw near to God, as we abide in him, he speaks our identity and his life into us. Um, As I said, there's this real biblical pattern. Identity comes first. Allow God to speak into who you are and he will help you to decide what are the things that are important and what are the things that actually don't really matter and you can let go of. That's a vision to help you live life well with his priorities coming out of his identity. I don't know how your week's been, but in my week this week, there have been so many things that have been pushing up against my identity. Uh, I've got three little things in my life that try and push against my boundaries and get me to do things or to be things or put their things on me. Um, I've been really mindful that we live in a world that holds up all these ideals to us and says you should be this and you should be this and life should look like this for you and tries to shape our identity and actually say you are, you are not hitting this beautiful Instagram life that you should be hitting or this organised parental life that you should be hitting or this amazing changing the world uh, productive work life that you should be hitting. Do, uh, do you know these voices? Like, do you ever hear them? Yeah. Okay, and God's invitation is, come to me, rest in me, find your identity in me, and then work for the rest of the week out of that. Not with the people around you trying to place burdens and expectations upon you. Not you trying to chase after something that doesn't bring life and is not what you're created for, but working out of that identity that comes from spending time in the presence of God. All right. Uh, Did anyone talk about Jesus when we were discussing Sabbath? I didn't get around to it. That grieves me, Michael. (laughs) Uh, Jesus is kind of a big deal. He's very important when we're talking about this. Sorry, I missed that, Rach. Oh, sorry, I should have given you more time. What are some of the things that Jesus talked about Sabbath? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, one day when his disciples were hungry, walking through a field, just eating the grain as they walked through on the Sabbath, the Pharisees said, well, that's actually technically harvesting. So you can't do that. 
on the Sabbath, and Jesus says they're hungry. The Sabbath is made for rest and enjoyment, so let them eat. God didn't make human beings so that they could keep his Sabbath. He made the Sabbath so that he could recreate human beings. Um, the Sabbath is not uh, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Um, one of the most controversial things that Jesus did, it goes kind of beyond that. He said, um, when he was healing, he said, my father's always working, and so I should be too. Great for those of you who uh, need that slight assurance that I'm not talking about just being lazy all the time. In the great Sermon on the Mount, though, Jesus redefined murder. He redefined theft. He um, taught, redefined using the name of God in vain. He lifted the bar on respecting your parents. But he made absolutely no changes to Sabbath. He just left Sabbath as it was. Um, actually, the change that Jesus made is that he, he located the Sabbath in himself. He said, come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, Sabbath is found in me. Now, that, that rest, that relationship, that connection between man and God, that's found in me. So come to me, and I will give you rest. Um, I love the message translation. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That was what Jesus said about Sabbath. Come, spend time with me, learn from me, and I'll give you rest. Jesus valued Sabbath. He was crystal clear, though. The Sabbath is not a day. It's a way of being. And he said, come and live that life with me. He, he not only taught it, he lived it. He retreated lots. One of the things you'll find is, if you read through the gospel, Jesus is constantly going off to spend time with his Father in his presence, taking Sabbath. He eats a lot as well. That's one of the things I love about Jesus as someone who loves my food and a good celebration. Um, Jesus didn't get stuck in unproductivity and going through the motions. Um, he made generous space for the Father. So um, you'll see it time and time again throughout his ministry. Before he began his ministry in Galilee, what did he do? He went out for 40 days into the desert to be with his father. And what he learned there empowered him for the next three years of ministry that came. Uh, the second day after he had preached and healed in Galilee, I think, uh, might have been Capernaum, he got up the next morning and went off to pray. The disciples came to him and said, let's go back and keep doing what we've been doing. And he said, no, that's not why I've come. That spending time with the Father 
shaped how he understood what his ministry was, what he needed to do and what he didn't need to do. Um, Dallas Willard once asked one of his mentees how they would describe Jesus in one word. Have a think about that for a minute. How would you describe Jesus in one word? Eventually, this uh, mentee of Dallas Willard asked Dallas himself, he said, how would you describe Jesus? Great question. Yeah, if someone asks you a question, ask it back to them. Do you know what his answer was? He paused for a very long time, and this is what he said. Relaxed. He described Jesus as relaxed. Jesus is the saviour of the world. In three years, he built the church and completed God's plan for salvation. And the word that Dallas Willard would use to describe him was relaxed. Think about how that speaks to us. We are not the saviour of the world. Hopefully, we've got more than three years. If Jesus was relaxed in his identity and his purpose, there's something wrong if we're not. Jesus spent time in the presence of God as a habit, and that meant that he could be present. He knew who he was, who he, what his identity was, what he was called to do, and what he wasn't called to do. That's the rhythm that Jesus lived out, and he taught it to his disciples. In, in Mark 6, the disciples um, had been sent out on mission. They come back to Jesus. So many people are coming and going, but they don't have time to eat. So Jesus says, come with me. Let's get away to a quiet spot to work by ourselves and pray and rest. This is in the middle of revival. This is in the middle of preaching the kingdom of God, of God doing these amazing works, and in the middle of it, Jesus says, come, let's go and get some space so that we can reset our identity, so that we know what we can, should be doing and what we don't need to be doing. Jesus knew who he was and who he wasn't because he had this daily, weekly, seasonal rhythm of coming back to the presence of the Father and finding his identity in him. Be still and know that I am God and know who you are because you are connected to me. That's the invitation of Sabbath. Um, one of my favourite quotes, uh, it was a mentor of mine who said this, actually. I don't know where he stole it from, but I have a hunch that it's not from him. But it doesn't matter because it's true and no one has a monopoly on the truth. <laughs> um, he said, the Jesus way... Uh, the Jesus, yeah, the Jesus way plus the Jesus truth leads to the Jesus life. As Baptists, we're really good at the Jesus truth. We like talking about the Bible, exactly what it means, how to do it. We think that if we get it right in our heads, then everything else will follow. But there's another really important aspect to the life of following Jesus, and that's living in a way that reflects the pattern and the rhythm that God has created us for. 
That is what we're talking about with downtime and Sabbath, about learning from Jesus how to stop and rest in the presence of God, cease from our activity, cease from our work, and allow God to work on us. Downtime was the wrong word because we're not talking about stopping and doing nothing. What we're talking about is Sabbath, stopping from our work and coming back into the presence of God and simply allowing him to speak and refresh and encourage us and remind us, you care a lot about this, but I don't. And these are the things that are really important. Um, In John 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm just going to pause there. Do we actually live that out? That we can't bear fruit by ourselves, by our own efforts, by running around and doing lots of stuff. Do we live out the fact that the way to bear fruit is by remaining in Jesus Christ, finding our life and our source of empowerment from him? Or do we run around like it's something that we can earn and create for ourselves? I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away in withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Sabbath is not an optional thing. It's not a nice thing. It is core to who we are. And unless we practice the Jesus way, we're in danger of becoming dry branches that have lost their life. So, vines, in uh, we live in a very um, factory-centred ag- agricultural world. Um, you and I know this, that our farmers would love it if they had fields and vines that just grew and grew and grew and produced fruit and fruit and fruit that required no pause, no pruning, but just could grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful about this. The only thing in this world that does that is cancer. The only thing that grows and grows and grows at an exponential rate is this destructive thing called cancer. The things of God need to rest. They need to ha- be pruned. They need to come back and have a time of recovery before they are ready to then bear the next season of fruit. Um, we often live as though we want to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and see, and that will be the answer to more and more fruit and more and more life. Jesus says, you need to stop, reset, come back to me, find your identity in me. Let me prune off some things. I love it. Any branch that doesn't bear fruit, I cut off. Any branch that does bear fruit, I prune. (laughs) There are some things in our lives that need pruning. That's not what I'm calling you to. 
or your ego needs to be pruned in this way. You're not as big as you think you are, so come back, find out where I'm actually calling you to be. Uh, the other thing that I'm reminded of from this passage is that bearing fruit is kind of this natural process. You don't have to force it to happen. I often live like you have to force fruit to happen. If you just work really, really hard, it will come. And there, there is some truth in that. We are called to live out our vocation with enthusiasm and energy and perseverance. But Jesus tells us that bearing fruit comes from being connected to the vine. If you're connected to the vine, you will bear fruit. That's the most natural thing in the world. Um, one of the things as a leadership that we've um, had a conviction on, um, I've said it a few times from the pulpit here, it's something that we've discussed at a leadership level. I'm looking at my leaders to make sure that we're still on the same page on this. But it's this conviction that if any good thing is to happen in this place here, it will come from the Spirit of God going to work. It will come as we listen to God and allow him to speak and allow him to go to work. That if we want to grow, if we want to see fruit, that is the starting point. So during downtime, we're living that conviction out. We're actually making time to stop, spend time with Jesus, spend time with one another, and make room for Sabbath. To stop our work and to listen to God and allow him to go to work at us so that we're ready for the next season of growth, so that we know who we are and who we're not. We know what's important we know what's not, so that we can live in the unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus brings. So we can stop from this idea that life will happen if we just force it to happen and remember that life will happen as we listen to Jesus, follow him and live in his rhythm. So um, hopefully you got one of these that tells you what's happening during downtime. My hope for you during downtime, which I should have called Sabbath, is that um, you will take this time as a real gift to abide in Jesus. That will look a bit different for each of you. Um, I think Stefan is going to uh, interview some people in a minute. Um, some of us are really high control people. Um, we've got a fairly high percentage of people who are activists and do. Some of the things that we need to learn in Sabbath is that we can stop doing and not everything will fall apart. <laughs> that the world won't go to pot if we stop. I need to learn that. It was really hard for me to not come to church last week. It was really important that I didn't because this church isn't about me. It's about us as a community and it's about God. And I need to let go of some of that control and Sabbath is really important for that. Um, some of you are introverts, some of you are extroverts. I'm looking at you, Dan. Um, we've got many introverts too, actually. So uh, extroverts tend to be solar-powered. They get their energy and their joy from being around people and life and events. So if you're an extrovert during Sabbath, make sure that you're eating with people and hanging around with people and enjoying uh, being with people. If you're an introvert, you tend to be more battery-powered. Go away by yourself for a little while. Read a book. Go on a walk by yourself, be quiet, read the Bible, 
pray. Extroverts, you may need to listen to a podcast or, or um, discuss faith with someone rather than going away and just reflecting. I think, I don't know what Jesus was. He tends to walk the line a little bit. He spent a lot of time by himself. But he loved people. Um, you'll do it a little bit differently. Um, some things that are restful for you will not be restful for others. I don't expect all of you to find playing board games with people restful. Neil, I know that that would not be a good activity for you to engage in. <laughs> um, so part of what I hope the gift of Sabbath and downtime is for you is finding what is that thing that brings rest. Um, I know for Stefan, it is standing around a bonfire, poking it relentlessly and just chucking bits of... That is what rest looks like for Stefan. For some of you, it may look like sitting down and having a nap somewhere, but some of us aren't very good at sitting down. You'll all do it differently. May God help you to relax into the easy yoke of Jesus as we enter into Sabbath. May we stop from trying to force things for ourselves and simply appreciate the fact that Jesus has invited us to spend time with him, to come to him and be refreshed in him. Not working to earn our identity or earn our position, but coming and learning what our identity is, that free gift that God has given us, and then out of that, being fruitful and working and producing. We worry about a great many things that don't matter. And in the presence of God, we learn what are the things that truly matter and what are the things that we can leave behind. Abide in me. Listen to me. Do the important things and then don't stress the rest. That's the invitation of Jesus. Sabbath brings us back to the core. It brings us back to the heart of who God is and who Jesus is. And that's why, as a church, we're practicing Sabbath for the next four weeks. I hope it will be a blessing for you. Stefan, should I pray now? Or um, Yeah, all right. Let me pray, and then I'm going to hand back to Stefan. Lord Jesus, thank you that your yoke is easy and that your burden is light. Thank you that you said, come to me and I will give you rest. Thank you that in you, you give us this spring of living water that wells up within us and refreshes our soul. Lord, we repent from seeking to find refreshment in so many things and particularly in our activity and our work. Lord, um, we're surrounded by people for whom work has become an idol and we admit that we get sucked into that as well. We let our boundaries get pushed. We let our identity get caught up in things that don't bring life and are not of you. So over the next four weeks, we pray, may you speak your truth to us. May you remind us of your presence and your love. May we um, be certain of who we are in you, and out of that, may we live life that um, is fruitful and is a blessing and is centred on the important things. Lord, may we get our rhythms right, we pray.
And so I commit myself, I commit this church community here to you. Um, Teach us your ways, we pray, and help us to live wisely in this rhythm that you have given us. Amen.